Welcome back to another episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. As we always say, please know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. I know that we wait too long between episodes, and that is my fault. I wait until I find a topic that I find to be imperative for an episode, and perhaps I should just talk. What do you think? However, what is going on in America and the world this week requires me to speak up and out, and so here I am. You should know, before we really begin, that this podcast was originally a blog post that I wrote at our website, or our, our, our blog site, mysterysolvedwithmessiahjesus.wordpress.com, and it will basic, basically be a word-for-word word what I wrote there. So I should begin by saying that this podcast is not about the political war between members of the House of Representatives and the quote-unquote leader of the free world, This podcast is not about politicians whatsoever, except to say that I believe that both sides of the political aisle, I believe, appeal to the lowest common denominators of their constituency, say that three times, with their tweets, charge statements, and press conferences designed to inflame their base. What this podcast is about is to ask a simple question of of all of us. Is it 1954 again in America? Now, I know that's an odd question. And why am I choosing that date? There's There's a reason. And it's a reason that has kept me up a lot at night over the last few days. You see, 1954 was the date or the year that the Supreme Court made the correct and landmark decision of Brown versus the Board of Education, in which it was decided that schools were to be open and and desegregated for all people. The concepts of Jim Crow and and Plessy versus Ferguson were unconstitutional, and all races, creeds, and colors could learn together equally. Yet today, schools are still, by and large, segregated, either by neighborhoods or by choice. Yet today, churches at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning are still, by and large, segregated by worship style or by choice. And, And while I live on a largely desegregated street... My mom and I are are one of the few white, quote-unquote, houses who, by choice, have gotten to know as many people on the street as possible. And it has been a wonderful choice. Even though some of our white neighbors knocked down our mailbox because of it, by the way, Three times they knocked down 
our mailbox. But that's another story for another day. So again, I ask, is it 1940, 1954 again, or even still? This is the question I am asking myself yesterday, today, and probably tomorrow. I am also asking myself, what is the definition of, of racism and who gets to decide what is racism in 2019, 1954, 1984, today? I've looked up the term in, in various dictionaries and sources, both interpersonal dictionaries, theological dictionaries, sociological dictionaries, various, various interpretations of the word. The Anti-Defamation League, which is a, a Jewish perspective, defines racism as the following, quote, belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn biological characteristics. Racial separatism is the belief most of the time based on racism that different race, races should remain segregated and apart from one another. Close quote. A more modern definition of racism based upon a sociological perspective is this. Quote, racism equals prejudice plus institutional power, close quote. Ergo, if you have no institutional power, one can be prejudiced but not a race, racist, leading to the determination that a minority group can be bigoted or, or prejudiced but not racist. Sources for this view come from, so, from such sociologists such as Robin DiAngelo and, and, and Peggy McIntosh, who, by the way, are, are white. The African-American theologian Jamar Tisby holds to a, a modified version of this perspective, but from a much more evangelical and conservative perspective of the view. A third option is the three-tier evaluation of racism from a retired UC Santa Cruz professor named Thomas Pettigrew that I, I personally believe seeks to examine the view from a personal, institutional, and situational or, or historical case. And this is a long definition, so here is his view. Quote, Racism is a doctrinal is a doctrine that holds that the world's human population consists of various races that are primary determinants of human traits and capacities. This doctrine typically regards one owns race as superior to other races. Intergroup hatred and discrimination generally accompanies racist doctrines. Social science investigates racism at three interrelated, interrelated levels. 
First, individual racism involves those individuals who hold racist beliefs. Here, racist ideas often overlap with such concepts as prejudice, xenophobia, bigotry, and intolerance. But the key distinguishing feature of individual racism is that the group differences are viewed as innate and unchangeable. If assimilation or conversion is viewed as possible, then intolerance is involved, but not racism. Second, situational racism occurs when racist behavior is shaped by the social context. This occurs when face-to-face situations are patterned based on racist beliefs to place one group in an inferior position in intergroup interaction. This occurs, for example, when one racial group in a situation possesses most of the resources that emphasize the status differences between the groups. Finally, third, structure Structural or cultural racism results when a society's institutions are shaped by racist beliefs and results in in group discrimination. Indeed, racism's effects can invade virtually all of a society's institutions. Thus, racism differentiates human beings from one another by presumed races, races. And this leads to unequal access to resources and opportunities, as well as to other forms of inequality, such as gender, ethnic, and class-based inequity. Much of the research on racism has focused on anti-Black racism in the United States, but non-American references with other racist targets are included. And this was based on Pettigrew's research that can be found in the Oxford Bibliography section that you can find on the internet. And that's close quote. I know that was a long definition. And and by the way, this is off of the blog's information. And and I'm going to provide a link to the blog in, in the show notes. I know that was a long definition, but I wanted to read it in its entirety from the source Because in other words, we are in some instances and in some places in America in 1954 again, in this world and and in this country. However, not everyone who lives in this country we call America, who is not African-American, is a racist. Especially those of us who seek to make changes in all areas of our society. There is racism in America. And to deny that, And this is off the cuff. I want you to know that. There is racism in America. But I don't believe America as a whole is racist. We live in a delicate balancing act. And we who are not racist must work together to make it truly 2019 and not 1954 again. We can disagree on certain areas and that does not make one a racist or or not. But when we see racism, we must and we should speak out. Additionally, and, and I believe this is important to the discussion that I had a few days ago with an African-American pastor, 
we must be careful as that as a society that is so racially charged as we are today within evangelicalism, because I am an evangelical, to work together. African-American and, and other evangelicals, other minority evangelicals, were hurt by white evangelicals who, who set aside their concerns about the president we have now who was a candidate in 2016 and, and, and they voted for him. 81% of e white evangelicals voted for a, a candidate who, who spoke words that were hurtful to minorities and to African-Americans that were hurtful. And white evangelicals set those issues aside. They did. I didn't but 81% did, and voted for him because of one single issue, abortion and, and the Supreme Court. And, and they said, and a lot of African-American and other minority evangelicals said, we care about abortion too, but we care about that issue. And, and there was a lot of conflict and interpersonal pain in the evangelical community that has never been resolved. And it needs to be resolved. And, and there's pain still three years later. And, and no one, Caucasians, Asians, African Americans, Hispanics, can, especially in the evangelical community, can or should have the right to instruct anyone today about the issue of race. For we all fail in this regard. There is no lectern on this issue. We must sit together at a round table and, and talk to and with each other or we will destroy evangelicalism in America. And if we do so, my, my brothers and sisters, regardless of what our, 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 our melanin is, where will the gospel message be to the lost? And, and I know, I am certain that I have said many things potentially, potentially wrong, but I promise you they were accidentally wrong with this post or this podcast. However, I, I do know that I have not slept well since Monday and the discussion with the pastor uh, and the conversations I have had with, with many of my, my brothers and sisters in Jesus about this issue. I have prayed, I have tossed, I have turned, and I have thought about Dr. King's words in 1963 who, who talked about content and character over the color of our skin. And yet I still wonder, are we living in 1954 or 2019? And, and I'm afraid of the answer. Because God doesn't care. Yes, we are a rainbow and we should appreciate the history 
of our of our past. I, I'm Irish, and my family came over during many of my family heritage came over during the Irish potato famine, and we were rejected because most of my family was Irish, and we weren't white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. but we have to love each other and we have to live together and we have to share Jesus together or we will fall together. And I know I've said things that somebody might be offended by together, but we have Jesus together if we are believers in him. And that is all that should matter. Well, we have reached the end of another episode of Explore Messiah with Sadaka Ministries. If you would like to ask a question that might be featured on another episode, please email us at info at zadakaministries.org. And please know that this will be the one place where you can always ask the tough questions about God, Messiah, and the spiritual issues of life. We might not always know the answer, but we will explore it together until we discover the truth. And please know that if I've offended anyone with this episode, it was not on purpose. Because I have struggled with this issue. And I wish our politicians would stop tweeting at each other and start talking to each other. Because we are living in 1953 not even 1954.